0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Legends of League podcast. Now, as you know, we are responsible for the Legends of League tournament, which we have done so successfully thanks to your support over the last couple of years in Newcastle and on the Central Coast. COVID-19 has put uh, put a temporary hold to that. Oh, but it will be back. In the meantime, the Legends of League podcast, and we are live at the Four Pines Brew Pub in beautiful, sunny downtown Manly. Give it a try for yourself. Four Pines Pacific Ale, the Indian Summer Ale as well. And today on the podcast, a couple of great blokes. Chris Walker, now based on the Gold Coast, and our very own Brett Finch. Let's do it. Well, hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Legends of League podcast. Maroon is my name, and I love rugby league just as much as you do. A special guest today, and just before I get to that, we come to you once again from the Four Pines Brew Pub in sunny downtown Manly where they make the good stuff, the Four Pines beer. (laughs) Oh, you just can't beat it. And we might have one of those straight after the podcast is finished. Now, my guest today, you might have heard him giggling there, 70 games for the Raiders, just shy of 100 for the Roosters, Parramatta, Melbourne Storm, off to Wigan, He's a colourful identity in the rugby league world, and he's a good mate of ours, Finchie. Brett Finch, welcome. Good heard Jesus. it's dangerous, bringing me to a brewery to um, do an interview. I was thinking, I said, can't we get... I might never like we... leave. Yeah, I so said, can't we go into Girdler's Coffee Shop just for this <laughs> one? Girdler's grind. He's already had his head under the, uh, the beer tap, <laughs> giving himself a beer shower. But, mate, it's good to see you. Good to see you well.
1: Yeah, it's been going good, mate. Mm. It's obviously crazy times with the footy and... Um, you know everything else in the world that's happening at the moment, yeah. but um, it's been really good. Spent plenty of time with the family. My little girl was one last week, so uh, it's been exciting to um, you know watch her grow up. Yeah, it's been great.
0: She's beautiful. Thankfully, she looks like Nothing your like beautiful <laughs> wife. Now, but you are well because yep. you know what, Finchie, Sometimes I call you and you don't call back, yeah. and I say, "Is he being a typical footballer? What the bloody hell's going on? What where is he?" Yeah, I can go missing at times. I'm not great on the phone. Um,
1: I know the missus is into me too. Uh, Carry me phone more, call people back. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty, uh, pretty poor at that end of the yeah. spectrum with the phone. But uh, now I've been going good, mate. Everything's going really good. Not at Fox this year, but. Um Hopefully now the footy's up and running. I can get myself back in there somewhere with yeah. working with you, mate. We always always have plenty of fun. Yes,
0: well, you know what they say about you, Finchie? You get in where water can't. Yes, so. I'm
1: arthritis, painful, yeah. and I'm in
0: places I shouldn't be. <laughs> well, mate, I'm no doubt you'll get a start somewhere. Look, there's so many stories on and off the field yep. about you. I don't know whether we start with Molly Meldrum or we start with Ricky Stewart. I mean, we could be here all day. Yep. Why don't we start by using modern technology, going to the Zoom and get one of your old housemates mm. and playing mates... Uh, via the Zoom. He's another great, colourful identity on the Gold Coast these days where they tell me he runs the place. Chris Walker, welcome to the Legends of League.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you very much.
0: Now, let's start off, uh, Walks, before we get to what you've, you've achieved in rugby league, and that's plenty as well. But we always hear these stories about you and Finchie and everybody Uh, I think Crocs was one of them, maybe Mini, always in a a certain house in uh, Marivary Road, North Bondi, the house of grouse. What can you tell me about that, Chris? Well,
2: Maroon, it's probably the best 12 months I've ever spent in my life. We we had the opportunity. uh, I was playing playing the Roosters, um, obviously left South, joined the fierce rivals in the Roosters. I knew Finchie. I've known Finchie for a very long time. I've known Croc, uh, Toddy Payton, and also, um, you know, you know, um Mini and all the all the boys, Finchy, all the boys, for a very long time. And I got to the Roosters. had just signed um, at the end of two thousand two. I'd, I'd supposed to be at the uh, at South, but I left and I came to the Roosters. And then we decided to all move in together. And Maroon, if if that's if that house that we lived in um, at Maroovery Road, of North Bondi, if you, if those walls could talk. Um, <laughs> Let be. I mean, everyone's talking about the last dance of Michael Jordan. I think this would blow it out the window. <laughs> That's a big call, Finchy. Yeah. honestly, that was. It was probably yeah. it, well, it, was, it was the best twelve months I've ever had. It was, yeah. it was It was. Took, took about you know, ten years of our life, but. Yeah. <laughs> we trained hard. We drank hard. We partied hard. But um, yeah, we'd always turn up and play. Uh, give a hundred percent for the Roosters and. Um, I I think, honestly, the reason why we made the 2004 grand final was just on the back of us living together because, um, I mean, mean, poor old Tony Tony here was at the West Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pidgey, you could back me up. He'd play on a Sunday and and we'd play on a Friday. We wouldn't stop drinking till Monday. (laughs) We'd have to come home. We'd come home
1: some nights and... Uh, Minnie didn't really have much regard for, for anyone else in the house back then. That's when Minnie was on top of the world. Arrogant could be one of them. Minnie have a few beers. It was, it was like talking to a brick wall, trying to settle him down. And uh, he would come over and just bring half the nightclub home right. with him. It'd be, it'd be Sunday morning. Poor old Toddy, he had to play at Leichhardt that afternoon. And <laughs> Minnie would crack the um, music up as loud as possible. It's like, mate, I like, wouldn't even be like, give Toddy a break. We've been gone for two days. Just let him get some sleep before he. Game, but one night we come home and Toddy had moved the TVs and uh, speakers and everything. He'd he hit it all in the house, so we couldn't um, we couldn't play any music. But um, yeah, it was a tough twelve months with Toddy because the Tigers were pretty poor that year. But um, the following year he won the grand final, yeah. so he certainly uh, got his revenge on
0: us. Do you walks? Do you remember what nightclub that was, mate? We you know what, what was the regular nightclub around Sydney uh, in that time?
2: Well. So the regular nightclub back then was Goodbar. It was along Oxford Street. It was a Wednesday. The, the best night was that was Wednesday night. We'd always play on a Friday. And I think the first 13 of the first round, uh, first 15 rounds, I think we played 13 Friday night games. So um, we used to give it a nudge any night of the week. And Wednesday night was a, a particular good night at Goodbar. I remember there'd be uh, countless occasions where you know, three o'clock in the morning, Finchie and I would be the only ones left at Goodbar. We'd get home and Minnie had brought home. 40 or 50 people back at our house <laughs> just to keep on partying. So, there was, there was many nights that Finish and I were depressed because we'd never drag anything home but you'd yeah. get home and there'd be you know, 15 or 20 sheilas in yeah. the back of our place and, and they'd be all partying. So the party just kept on continuing yeah, you, on when we you, got home. You so never
1: thought, thinking. yeah, the old Italian, you know, when Minnie first started, <laughs> he came come from uh, Preston's out wide. He used to drive a Datsun. He'd have a matching <laughs> cap-a-track suit on. You know, not like the Tom Ford jackets and the, the, yeah. the Lexus he's rolling around with now in Vaucluse. Mm. So he's he certainly come a long way. He used to have the old undercut on when he was younger. But, um, yeah, a couple of rank humans like me and Walks would um, – <laughs> with always rely right. on Minnie. You certainly become but better friends with you. Minnie when he was on fire during
2: those days. Oh, you'd pick up his dregs and his dregs were nine nails out of ten, so you wouldn't
0: <laughs> know it. Hey, Chris, talk to us about you how you came to be at the Roosters, because you were at the Broncos, you came to South, you're at South for five games. South's fans like myself were filthy on you, but you soon settled in at the Roosters, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. I mean, I, um, probably I, I, left, I left the Broncos um, for the wrong reasons. I was, I was probably thinking with my other head because I was dating a girl down in Sydney and that was taking up a lot of my time um, at the Broncos. I was coached by Wayne. That, that put a, you know, a fantastic offer to me. I was, I was on the back of you know, the 2002 State of Origin Series where we won the second one in a row. Um, yeah, you know, I think Broncos offered me, I think, 250 plus a car and, and the lurks and perks living up in, up in um, Brisbane. But like I said, I was thinking with the wrong head. I, I, I chased the money to go to South. I probably shouldn't have left Broncos at that time uh, in my life. I wasn't mature enough to leave uh, the Brisbane and, and get down there. And uh, it just didn't work out. They, South offered me all these sort of things. Um, but never delivered. And that was that was a contributing factor of, of me leaving um, South. It wasn't the fact that we'd lost you know, the first five games. That certainly one, didn't help, I mean. <laughs> 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 I, it, it didn't help, but just, you know, like, Finchie, you, know, you, come, from a, you yeah. come from a very professional... Well, the Broncos were the cream goes, of the crop around that time too, weren't they? Like they were- And they and they were too, mate. Like, you know, we, we, as a young player coming through, you never... You never really worried about too much. Everything was done for you. Um, yeah, you know, they used everything. Everything was done for you, but wipe your ass. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, you, when you go away, everything was looked after. And then I went to South, and you know, that offered me all this sort of stuff. I was, I was getting death threat, fr- death, death uh, threats from the fans, which <laughs> also didn't help. Uh, now
1: we only get them from the me. misses, not the fans these <laughs> days. Just <laughs> the bride. Oh, gives oh, death
2: uh, threats. I, mate, the, bri- the bride, the bride's into me all the time. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean. I mean, I look back now. I'm 40 years of age. I look back. I wish I could have talked to a 22 year old immature, mm. brash person about who I was dating and who I was hanging around with, and uh, made that right decision. But I didn't make the decision, and um, got the opportunity to to leave South um, and and obviously join the Roosters. And yeah, you know, me coming from Queensland, I never knew the I never knew the fierce rivalry between the two clubs. So when I left, uh, um, I, there were certain areas of Sydney that I didn't want to go down <laughs> yeah. and, Um I mean it's it's all forgiven now but um you know they have become a they've become a, tro- a strike force in the, in the comp over the last you know 15 years so it's a credit to them but yeah at that stage in my life it was it was probably not a good move to leave Brisbane in the first place.
0: So let me open this up now, now to both of you. So, so it, it, in the end, Chris, it, it was the, the right decision. You made the right decision. You went to a, a more professional club and you're only 22. You've, you've got to be at a professional club when you've got that sort of talent. But then you guys come together. Ricky Stewart's the coach. Talk me through that because you would have played football with some absolute legends. You've already spoken about many. But what about Ricky Stewart? What about some of the other blokes?
1: Yeah, it was a t- tremendous team. Um, like I said, I got there after they won the conference. In 02, walks sort of come in the start of the following or the same season we debuted. But I, you know, walks was sort of around round five or around six. He come in, so um, we're both pretty new to the team, though. A, a tremendous team. They sort of changed the way the game was played at that stage with their, their rushing defense and the way they gang tackle teams yeah. and pick them up and, and take them back. Um, you know, Sticky was a very intense coach, but there was an intense. They are extremely hardworking team as Walks would tell. They we trained extremely hard and, and while it was the most fun and, and there's characters who love to be and could drink, you know, there's you know, there's no um, never, never anyone shy of going for a beer, you know, when you go for a beer, there'd be plenty of hands raised, but the next day, the, the standard of training was always high and there was, was always extremely tough training sessions and extremely tough trainers. I know Freddie was our leader. He was sensational, but other guys like Fitzy and Rico and Adrian Morley, those sort of older guys walks, weren't they? They certainly, you yeah. know, they led the, they led the charge off the field, but they, they certainly set a high standard. And when we come to training and that's why the, probably the team was so successful.
2: Yeah, it was, it was successful for a long time under Ricky. I mean, um, you know, after we lost the 2004 Grand Finals, I think it was Freddie's last game, we went into 2005, you know, uh, with a little bit of expectation, um, and it sort of fell apart. It sort of unraveled really quickly at the start of 2005. Um, there was, I think there was a bit of a hangover, um, obviously losing two Grand Finals in a row, both from the coaching staff, the players, the fans, the board, the sponsors, and... Um, I, I obviously got sacked at the two thousand at the end of two thousand and five. I, I lasted
1: one more year after you, then I was gone as well.
2: Yeah, I know, but that's uh, you know it, it was a pretty sad ending to to what started as as a really exciting um, journey. But yeah, that I mean that's that's football. We see it a lot of the times in professional sport, not just rugby league. But um, I mean, yeah, Finchie, you're exactly right. We we knew where we stood. If we did go out on a Sunday and have a, you know, have a drinking session, we knew that Monday morning, you know, come 8 o'clock, we were on the field. We were ready to go. Sometimes I didn't rock up until 9.30. <laughs> food on, I was mate, yeah. over from the mate, night before. mate
1: you've never seen a bloke. Sticky used to do these four in fives, which was the four laps in, in five <laughs> minutes. And if one person didn't make it, you'd have to <laughs> oh, go again. So it was punishment. Yeah. Anyway, walks, rocks up. We're we'll rushed down on the field and, and he's into us. Where you know, We had a bit of a night. We had the North Bondi um, rough water swim. So we swam that Sunday, me and walks, and then we're at Ravisi's, a few of us. So we've turned (laughs) up a bit hungover. Sticky's got us on the line. Let's do this run. Walks has taken off at the start and he's flying. Walks is there's not many blokes who are quick and fit, you know. You, you know, but Walks was quite a, obviously extremely good short distance speed, but was really good long distance runner as well. So Walks, Walks was out in front, and I remember Craig Fitzgibbon <laughs> looked at him and said, "Look, turning around to us and while we're running, going is he only wearing one boot?" Walks was still that pissed. He only put one boot on, <laughs> and he was running. We're doing, they're doing a- the four laps into the oval in five minutes. And he's got one boot on and had no idea he was wearing one boot. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and, yeah, he, and he, he got it under the time he made the time with one boot on so
2: imagine how quick he would yeah. have gone with two boots and then Georgie Rose missed the time he yeah. had to do it again the reason why we did the four and five is because I was an hour late because I was still hung over in bed and I, John Cartwright ring me and said mate listen you better get to train and I got to train an hour late and the reason why we got a punishment of four and five was because I was late and then George Rose missed it and I unloaded on him. <laughs> unloaded on him, not making I mean, the, the time. he did it was because of me. <laughs> well, but, I mean, they were, they, were, they were good times. They were, yeah. they were, they were the best. I mean, they're, they're those memories that when you do play sport and you play professional sport, Binchy, you can back me up. Is Those are the memories that last and those yeah. the memories that I, you know, I, I still look at, the, at that my, my time at the Roosters as, as a as a very enjoyable time. Yeah. So, the Walks. When you look back it. around,
1: like obviously me and Walks played for a lot of clubs, and I can't speak for him, but I've i got a lot of friends from all yeah. all clubs. But still, my probably closest and, and oldest friends are, are from that period. Walks, Mini, Croc, Ryan, Cross, Rico, uh, Freddie, um, Toddy Payton, all, all those. All boys, that, you know, uh, yeah. Um. You know, we still. You know, over the last few years, we've all got sort of married, and we might not have seen each other for a while, but um. You know, that's that oh, we yeah, all yeah, still definitely. come together around yeah. those times. So, like Walks said, does. Um, you're young, living in Sydney in the eastern suburbs, um, and <laughs> the early days. Of the Roosters were, were, were flying high. Yeah, you
0: create some pretty fun memories. But you, you've both oh, got that that personality that would annoy Ricky Stewart. So 2002, <laughs> you win the premiership. <laughs> well, we didn't win it. The, the Roosters won it. Yeah, the roosters, the roosters yeah. Won it. <laughs> but then I'm 2 the Broncos. We got knocked out by. 2003. 2004, so like you alluded to before, Walks, three years in a row you make the grand final, or the Roosters make the grand final, but you lose two of them and on one occasion, does Ricky not, and we all love Ricky, I'm not having a dig at Ricky, did Ricky not pull you up in the men's and say, you cost me a grand no, final? Yeah, no, it was... It was yeah, he, I, said,
1: I said I cost both of them. Uh, yeah. Both grand finals. So looking back, he's had every chance, but I certainly felt in those 3 Todd Byrne could have taken some of the blame
2: with me. <laughs> 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 and me dropping the ball yeah. from, a four with a, from a bomb, you know. Uh, I mean, um, everyone, the Finchie, yeah, I, you know, I was a part of that team. I, I take responsibility. I know that, you know, Ryan Cross takes responsibility for those losses because the thing is about rugby league, you can't blame one player. Um, yeah, you know, there's... there's 13 players out in the field. There's four on the, on the bench. We all contributed, plus the coaching stuff. No one goes out there to lose a game. Nah. And, um, I, you know, I, I was there that night that, that Ricky had a go at Finchie in the in the toilets. And, um, you know, I, I, I admire, I admire um, you know, Ricky Stewart as a coach, and as, a, as a bloke, because I get along with Ricky really well. But that didn't sit well with me because, you know, there was blame thrown at me. There was blame thrown at, you know, seven, 16 other players, including Finchie. Um yeah, you know, we just had an off night. Yeah, you know, we got yeah. beaten by two teams that were better on the night. Just, yeah. it's just That's why I look and back. Now we're gonna
1: live with it. Yeah, I look back, and certainly some of the the two probably worst games we played of the season, or yeah. both on the ground. Yeah. And that just shows, like when you look at American sports, with you know the the, the best teams going to win uh, best of seven series. You know, mm. you don't. But the beauty of a, a grand final or a Super Bowl one off, you know, if you don't get it right on the day, uh, two thousand four will minor premier, Certainly, the Dogs were a great team there. Two thousand. Three, we come second to Penrith. And, um we 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 smashed them earlier, uh, sort of in the seat. On no, I sort of at the end of the season. Out at Penrith, say so we're confident going in, but we didn't get it right on the day. And uh, so many times we see uh, teams Newcastle upset Parramatta in two thousand and one, and and things like. You got to get it right on the day, and uh, that's the beauty of the the, the grand final or a one off. And, and we didn't get it right those days, like Walk said, and um, you know, that's certainly a bug that's you know yeah something we crit-
0: crit- deal with. Chris, you, you just made a comment. Then uh, you you dropped that. I remember you, that bomb. But you just made a comment about you've got to live with it. What are you saying that these things haunt you? Like sixteen years later? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, hundred yeah? percent oh. they do. I mean, if you if you weren't competitive, if you, if you were just if you if you just took you know a loss, um, you know, in your stride and whatnot, and you didn't have the burn of that loss, well, of course, you know, you, you're not going to worry about. It, but that's something that. And that happened 16 years ago to the day, nearly to the day, um, and, and it still burns me. And 17 years ago, we lost to, to Penrith. That's, that burns me today. Like I probably maybe a year ago or two years ago, I actually sat down and watched both of those games on Fox because they were on Fox. Um, and for 16 years, I've been beating myself up saying, "Geez, I had a bad game," but I actually didn't. I actually didn't play too bad in both it's, games. Yeah. There were there were some tries scored down my side, but you know, that's going to happen in a, in a game of rugby league. You can't stop some of those tries. And unfortunately, the lead-up work that the uh, attacking team did before they scored those two tries, you know, they sucked three or four players in on the inside of me. Um, so there's not really much that I could have done. But that's, that's sat in my mind for a very, very long time. And, mm. you know, I've I've had some closure on it, but it still burns me. Yeah. Mm. It's funny. You can
1: have 100 wins and one loss. Yeah. As, a, as a competitive person, you let one loss you know you can't stop thinking yeah. about it. You know, or well, yeah, it's, it's uh, just the way you know I'll a lot of what, players I'll, are made
2: I'll, up. I tell you what, I tell you what I do quickly. I quickly just fast forward to the State of Origin games where I won. Yeah. Walkers on, yeah. yeah. Walkers
0: on. But you, you know what, Chris? You you like the Walters boys and the Walkers boys. You had the privilege of playing at the highest level alongside your brothers. Thank God yeah. there's only one Brett Finch, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> anymore, you
1: don't no. want any more of me. I got another brother. He, he thinks he played at the highest level, Troy, but. Um, but
0: the the he you in your youth now your yeah. old man is a very well known yep. he's like a godfather rugby league very well known in rugby league uh, in the rugby league world I'm old enough to remember him playing for the yeah, dragons, dragons yep. and I think from memory he probably retired a young man from playing first it grade did. rugby league yeah. but so you're, he, he's gone back into coaching at the Raiders in Newcastle he he he's a Maitland boy and while at Newcastle. You come into contact with uh, John's boys, yeah. who are seven, eight years older than you, and they used to stay at your house.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, they were um, – Andrew was about in the under-19s at the time. Matthew, Dad really gave Matthew his start in reserve grade at the Knights. And a lot of the times back then, um, it was really such a good close team. You know, but it was a bit old school. So if you knocked the team off – if the, the Knights were playing Canterbury and St. George needed the Knights to beat Canterbury, they would offer the dad a keg on the Sunday – if, if we won, so the Knights would beat Canterbury for the Dragons would give him a keg, and the keg would be tapped at our house. So I'm seven or eight years old or whatever, so I'm out the back Another so piece of the puzzle. The boys would be, to start. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boys would all be on the drink. That's Dad's, Seaman, Matty was one of them. But Matthew, obviously coming down from Cessnock, they'd all get on the drink, and and he would go out in town in Newcastle, and he, you know, his cars, he's been on the drink, he can't drive his cars out. At, he's got to get back to Cessnock. He would always just sleep, excuse me, on the trampoline. <laughs> so usually I had to get up early, me and my brother, to clean up all the empty cups and all the, the rubbish in the backyard. And one morning I'd get up and i come around the corner. i seen these legs hanging over the end of the trampoline. Um, <laughs> and it was uh, – Matthew was face down. I didn't know who it was. Matthew was face down and i come around and I remember just yelling out to Dad, Dad, Dad. Maddie's dead, and uh, <laughs> he stuck his head out the back back door, and he went, he's not dead, he's just in reserve grade next week, under twenty. <laughs> but uh, we woke him up, and sure enough, he, he wasn't dead, but he, he was pretty close to it, yeah. he was uh, quite hungover, mm. and um, yeah, usually, because they couldn't get all the way back to Cessnock, you know, they were only young fellas, they didn't have the cash for a taxi, they yeah. would just, they would sleep on the uh, trampoline, and sure enough, mum would make him uh, bacon and eggs in the morning, so... Yeah. There's a method to their madness. But it was a long way from
0: uh, well, yeah. the trampoline at Maitland to the um, the beautiful terrace house in suburban Melbourne where Molly Meldrum lives.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> Molly used to have this party there. Uh, and we wanted a party there for, for everyone involved at the club, players, girlfriends, staff, football staff, su- uh, just the normal staff, support staff, uh, meet, uh, the marketing side, everyone, everyone in their family. So that was at the end of 'oh nine. Um, and we'd won the grand final in 09. So we had a drink night Sunday, big day Monday. The party was Tuesday. We are on the drink Tuesday. Frank Panisi comes to everyone and says, listen, I'm real hesitant about this party going ahead because she's all, you know, I don't know why I'd be so nervous about 30 rugby league players intoxicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, he goes, yeah, he said, mate, go and have a, uh, everyone, if anyone misbehaves, their contract's torn up. So um, where are we? we go out to Molly's. We're having a great time. Anyway, I'll go upstairs. I'll go to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom. I look in one of Molly's spare rooms. He had all the hats he wears. Now I thought, you know, it would be a great idea if I – like I'm thinking this to myself. If I take all my clothes off, get nude, put that hat on, grab that storm scarf, <laughs> grab that storm flag and run down through the party singing the song. And I'm thinking to myself, and I double-check myself, and I'm like, yeah – Rugby League make great uh, great decisions when they're intoxicated. (laughs) History shows that. So I think this would be great. So I get Molly's hat put on, get all my cobber off, put the Storm scarf on, got the flag. I come charging down through the party. We are the Storm. Like past the directors and everything. Anyway, I run and frog leap over the table of food into his pool in the backyard. Now, I've crashed through the water, and as I've gone in under the water, I've thought to myself, Finchie, you magnificent bastard. You've done, you've done it again. You know, you've turned this party on its head. They're going to love it. Everyone's going to be in stitches. <laughs> and before I've come up through the water, Bellyach's put his hands through the, through the water and grabbed, me scar- grabbed the scarf around my neck and pulled me out of the water. He's pulled me up the side of the side of the pool. I'm dripping wet. wet. And, he, and uh, he's going, I told you if anyone misbehaved, they are going to have their contract torn up. Now, someone like me, you'd think – You know, having my career threatened would be my number one um, thing that was wrong. Well, it wasn't – I looked down and the pool wasn't heated. So the old fellow (laughs) – was like a scared turtle, you know. So I'm sitting there thinking, being a single guy, do I try and save my career or do I save my reputation? Because obviously at that time I was single. A lot of blokes' girlfriends were there and I was trying to hook up with their friends so I had a bit of a reputation. Um, So I've tried to save my – Manhood, and I'm trying to get some blood back in it, moving around. <laughs> and and Belly 8 goes, what are you doing? Like he was filthy. And uh, Molly Meldrum come from behind and slap me on the ass, and goes, this is the greatest party ever. <laughs> and uh, Belly 8 goes, you're damn right it is, Molly. And they've had a party there every year since.
2: <laughs>
1: so uh, That's gold.
2: <laughs> yeah, 11 it's, years on, the tradition continues. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm. I don't know how many people are getting nude there, but um, mm. sometimes I rock up there nude and just say, hey, Molly, how you going?
2: Mm. Bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Chris. Well, I've uh, heard some other stories out about that too, Finchie. But we yeah, I've to leave a bit of it out in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Chris, we, we touched on your brothers earlier. They've uh, – what are they, having a year off coaching? They've had some success already, haven't they? Yeah,
2: they, uh, they, they've been coaching here in the, in the, in the uh, Intra Super Cup, the Queensland Cup, for a number of years. Uh, they've been at the Ipswich Jets. We won the premiership uh, in 2015. But they've been, they've been there for a little over uh, 10 years now at Ipswich. So this year – um, they've decided to have um, the year off. Um, I don't know if they'll go back next year, to be quite honest with you, because I think they're really enjoying um, you know, not being um, coaches of a, of a uh, semi-professional team or a professional team. They they did put up their hands or put in a, their resume to coach the the um, the uh, Gold Coast Titans before the great Garth Brennan took over a couple of years ago and <laughs> took them from 10th to 16th. So maybe they should have gone down that road. But um, I think that... Yeah, they're, they're, just, mate, they're just enjoying their time. They're, they've got pretty successful uh, businesses, um, respectively. Ben's got the real estate agents here in Ipswich and, and um, um, up in Toowoomba. And Ben and Shane's got a lay-by a company that, you know, they turn over a fair whack themselves. So... Um, yeah, you know, they're very passionate about their coaching and they love their coach and they love they're just man managers, mate. They they they've got a good understanding, Finchie. I know that you have got a very good understanding of rugby League, so you don't mind talking to Ben and Sean about football. When those boys got together, I remember at my wedding, between stories, between <laughs> stories about the House of Grouse and everything that we used to do, Finchie. I remember, you know, for about four hours they sat there and talked about football and bit yeah. their brains about players and, and it was just it was just really good. They got a very good understanding and like I said, they love their players and they love their managers. I don't know if they'll ever get a chance to to, to coach in the NRL. Um, hopefully my little nephew, Sam, can, can um, you know, sort of keep the name going for walkers in the NRL with the Roosters. But um, I just hope they get a gig um, coaching in the, in, in the NRL. All
0: right. Now, listen, boys, before we wrap this up, I want to have a look. We asked you both, as we ask all our Legends of League, to do a – well, a team of their best 17 players of the last 40 years, and you've both put in your, your team. Now, without going through all, all, the whole team, I just want to point out some of the ones that stood out for me. Now, if this is the first time either of, through anyone has, has suggested Adrian Morley, and for you blokes, you've both got Adrian Morley in your best 17. Yeah, you, yeah
2: Walks, you want to go first, though? Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Um, and probably Finchie, you, I'd say that you'll echo my thoughts. Um, mate, I had the privilege of playing with Adrian Morley at the, at the Roosters uh, for a number of years. And like Gordon Tellis, who I've also got in the team, when when you're a young fella and you're sitting in the dressing sheds and you're playing football and you're about to go out there and play professional football, a gladiator sport, and you're about to get your head knocked off or you're about to have your, you know, someone take want to take your blood, I always had Adrian Morley... Um you always looked at Adrian always as, as your protector, like I did with Gordon Tellus when I was coming through as a young age. And that's what that's what his aggression, um, his presence in the in the footy fit um on the team um and on the football field was unbelievable, Finch You could probably yeah. back me up. You, you just you'd look across Yeah, we had a fierce rivalry with the with the Bulldogs during that time and another a number of other clubs, and you could see you'd see players, and yeah. even when you talked to William Get Mason, out of the way, they didn't run at him. They didn't want to run him, and, and, and it come. I used to love. I used to love when we used to, the start of the game. If we kicked off, for the start of the game, you knew that Adrian Morley. You'd see him in the sheds. The eyes would roll back before you'd run out, and you knew that he was just going to clean someone yeah. up. And it was exciting as an outside back to see that happen. Yeah. Um, and that's wholly and solely why I've got him in the team. Yeah. I've got Sam Burgess with him at the front row because they're aggressive. Yeah, he, he was the first.
1: You know, obviously, there's a tremendous amount of great. Uh, Pommies out here at the moment But Moz was the first one In a long time Sort of from Ellery Hanley And and that sort of gang Um, You know In the 80s You know When when they uh, They come out So but First one for a long time Was Adrian Morley And uh, he was tremendous At the Roosters He was probably the most Damaging forward in that time Not only uh, With the ball But but without it Um, and, And like Walk said he struck fear into everyone. And as a halfback, it was old school. If someone come out of the line and tried to take me out, you've seen what Villa Sandy did to Freddie in A2. Yeah. And then Moz cleaned him up. Like, Moz took that personal. And uh, every week he took on the, their best forward. You know, he, he made it personal for yep. him. And yep. um, it was like every week he had to prove he was he had that. But mm. for us, you know, like Walk said, when, you, when you're getting changed and you see blokes like Moz and Freddie and that getting ready, it makes you feel better. You know, well, we've got a chance today because these blokes are getting ready. And and certainly with Moz, uh, and Walks is probably in the same boat as me, but um, probably Walks can hold his hands up a bit better than me. But someone who's a bit lippy and can't really hold his hands up, having <laughs> Moz there, <laughs> let me tell you, I become very, very tough and very, very outspoken <laughs> when I was behind Moz. Now, boys, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the other, become a bit brave, some might say, yes. because of Moz. The other – you've only
0: got – you've both only got – a couple of players still in the NRL, which is fair enough, because you're talking about the last forty seasons. But you both have another one. I wanted to point out is Jason Taumalolo, who is uh it's it's not unlike him to you know to clock up three hundred metres in a game of football consistently, but he's been out injured. That really affects the Cowboys. It, yeah,
1: it does, mate. And he makes more. He's made more metres in one game than I made in fifteen years of rugby league. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we'll look back on him again. I you, you sort of look back on people's careers, you know, probably. You know, once you're retired, you've never played a bad game. You know mm. what I mean. But, but I think Tom Alolo, um, he'll he'll go down as one of the absolute uh, great forwards of our time when he's finished. If not now, he, um, I think you agree, mate. Walks the way he's tr- uh, changed the game with his uh, leg speed and power and and the mate of meters he creates is um quite astonishing,
2: and consistently yeah, and does
1: him. it consistently. He,
2: he does it, he, and the thing is, he, yeah, he, he's his I've got him on the bench because he is consistent and. The thing is, I, I was going to put him in the starting lineup, but I mean, when he comes off and he comes back onto the field, and there's a few little tired forwards and a few tired edge uh, defenders, uh, his, his meter, his meter's gain go up, up tenfold, and that's yeah, that's uh, I, I love watching him play. It's, I, I, there's a certain number of players in the, in the competition at the moment. If I see two teams playing and I'm not really interested in watching, I won't watch. But if I know that there's a player, you know, uh, Dylan Brown and, and uh, Moses. Um, Mitchell Moses for, for uh, Parramatta. I'm really enjoying the way that they play mm. because they play a little bit off-cup and they, they're very skillful. So I'll always sit down and watch Parramatta play because of those guys. And Jason Tomololo, he's one of those guys, if I know that the Cowboys are playing, I'll watch him. Hey,
1: Walks, how, how would you like to have tackled him? Mm. I'm just so happy I'm every time. Imagine that mm, running wow. at you.
2: Well, Finchie, you know my tackling. The tackling <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey, I, 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 live by the, I live by the rule of 12 other players can't tackle. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I, I really, I
1: really hate him when the game changed and the halfback couldn't defend in the second line. I was really disappointed when <laughs>
0: that. Hey, the, the last one I want to talk about here, boys, I think this one just comes down to, to state bias because at halfback in your Legends team of the last 40 years, Finchie, you've got at halfback, you've got Andrew Johns, but walks, yeah. you've got Alfie Langer.
2: Oh I mate, mean, the reason why I got Elf here, Elf I love, I too. love Andrew Johns. I love Andrew Johns, but every time there was a team announced, and Andrew it was a, it was a choice between Andrew and Alf. And Alf used to get the night. I know that Alf was a, a lot older than um, Joey, and you know probably deserved his position. But every time, every time they played against each other, um, yeah, you know, Alf Alf would usually get the chocolate. So um, yeah, you know, that's that's wholly and solely the only reason that I've got Alf um, yeah, over Joey. see, and
1: again. It's a bit like i got JT on the bench, Jonathan Thurston. Like, it's splitting hairs when yeah, you're talking about these great players. Like I come from Newcastle, but I loved Alfie. Walks knows I was a huge Broncos fan growing up, and I loved, loved Alfie Langer and um, – I remember seeing him at a, um, RSL once in Canberra, and I um, got him to sign the schooner glass he was, he was drinking <laughs> out of. So. But, I, but I loved him. He, like, you talk about champions of the game; he was an absolute champion. You know yeah. the consistency he played with at the Broncos over a long period of time, and then obviously well, had that great club yeah, yeah, had that great yeah. Origin game. And Walks was right. A lot of the times when they played the Knights, or especially during those Origin games, he he was certainly the man and, and got the better of Joey those times. But yes, when you talk about those great players, Jerry, there's nothing between them, ass. you know.
0: Yeah, hey, it was it was a really,
2: it was really diff- just on just on the t- na- t- naming my team. It was it was really difficult to to pick a position for you know for any reason over someone else. I mean, for me, it was really difficult I to put
1: to Joey put... in above me at halfback, but I thought I'd, I'd better yeah. do it. <laughs> well, <Israel> he's <laughs> took
2: over the wing positions in front of me, so
0: yeah, it was tough. Mate, it's so good to catch up with you, Chris. I, I spend a lot of time on the Goldie. I'll look you up next yeah, time I'm there. But mate,
1: uh, mate, the strip, strip clubs aren't in, near where Walks are, <laughs> so you won't see
0: <laughs> Good on you, mate. Good Actually, to catch up you, with you.
2: Bo- All right. Cheers, boys. Thanks for Thanks, me. Texas.
0: Good on you, mate. There he is, Chris Walker, another legend of league, joining us on our Legends of League podcast. And uh, make sure you watch us every week. And remember, you can support the podcast by getting yourself into the Four Pines. We're at the Four Pines Brewhouse in Manly, and today we are going to try the Indian Summer morale you'd have one of those wouldn't you finchie yeah i would but um, my missus is here with me yeah. that's why i made sure i got home one, time. one six pack not one <laughs> well there it is another episode and thank you so much for your support thanks to our partners too i've been right behind us four pines brewing company where we film our podcast here at four pines brew house in manly we hope you'll give it a try give them a follow on social media too that would help the handle at four pines beer or check out the website fourpinesbeer.com.au that's the number four Uh, and make sure that you press the subscription button to be the first to find out when we release a new episode and of course you can stay up to date with all our latest announcements and content social media at legends of league aus that's at legends of league aus see you next time on our legends of league podcast